Today we celebrate the solemnity of the body and blood of Jesus. We honor with devotion that Jesus, out of a gift of self, makes himself truly, really present for us every time we celebrate Mass in the celebration of the Eucharist here upon the altar, and he becomes bread given to us. I suspect that many of us relate to what was going on in the first reading, that God permitted a time of hunger so that we might know that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the Father. Now, in those days, it was actual bread that they were wanting. They were murmuring in the desert, quarreling against Moses and against God, and God gives them manna, and they experience this sort of hunger for real food at various times throughout their 40 years in the desert. We've recently experienced, haven't we, a few months of a quarantine spiritually, where we haven't been able to come to church and perhaps receive as readily as what we wanted to be able to do so. Many of us are joining us today on the live stream. For them, they perhaps are not able at this time to be able to come. They also experience that hunger. And yet God wants to use the hunger with, which is in us to increase faith, longing, hope, receptivity to be able to receive Jesus in our hearts. So I invite you to think of that desire. And I know many of you are here for the first time back today. It's fun to look out and to see you as you receive communion, as you adore and you receive not just something, but someone who gives us more than just physical nourishment, but heals the soul by his very presence. This is the true bread from heaven. Now, what I'd like to be able to do is to go through the readings today and to understand the theology of the Eucharist that we receive, especially from John's Gospel, and then to also go back and understand how receiving the Eucharist helps us to be united as one and to love one another as Jesus loved us. So first of all, the Gospel. This is taken from John chapter 6. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all treat their theology of the Eucharist in the narrative of the Last Supper. It's in those Gospels that we receive the words that we say as the words of institution or consecration here upon the altar, this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in memory of me. John, which is the last gospel written, knows that this has already been told. He moves within the story of his gospel to the sixth chapter in an episode occurring in the synagogue of Capernaum in Galilee. And it is there that Jesus is teaching those gathered around him that he is the bread of life. He just completed the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves. And now he is teaching, I am the bread of life. 
They experienced physical hunger, but now he was leading them to something more, to be in touch with their spiritual hunger and the food that lasts, and the food that heals, that he would give himself. Interestingly, throughout this sixth chapter of John, there are several moments where the Jews listening begin to quarrel. That was the word in the gospel today. Other times it's translated murmur. Right? They're upset and they ask the question, how can this man give us his flesh to eat and his blood to drink? Well, each time as this occurs, Jesus intensifies the word to eat. We're not seeing it because we're hearing the English translation, but it's, uh, it's increased in its intensity every time the word is used. He even says, amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man. First time being the common word for to eat, the next is chew, and the third time is like what a cow does when it chews cud. He is trying to bring across the receive only means for us to consume and to receive his flesh as the bread of life. Well, not only this, but also this murmuring or quarreling that's taking place is the same verb that also happens in the Old Testament, the story that we heard about in the first reading. Whether in Exodus or in Deuteronomy, when God's people are in the desert and they murmur or quarrel against Moses and against God, it's the same verb. Jesus now is saying, it wasn't Moses who gave you, past tense, the bread from heaven. It is God the Father who gives you, present tense, the true bread from heaven referring to himself. And so all of this is to teach us that we receive in the Eucharist the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. We believe that what occurs upon this altar then, as we repeat the words of Jesus from the Last Supper, is that there is a transubstantiation that occurs here with the elements of bread and wine. They retain what philosophically we would call the accidents or the appearances of bread and wine. Looks like bread, tastes like bread, looks like wine, smells like wine, tastes like wine. But they discontinue being on the level of their existence. They discontinue being bread and wine. They look like it, but they're not. They become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. It's for this reason that the priest, after each elevation, genuflects, because this is not a symbolic gesture, nor is it something upon this altar. It is someone who is in the process of giving himself for us in our salvation in an eternal act of self-offering, which means this is not a static reality, like done, now we leave. Rather, it is a 
dynamic one that participates in the identity of Jesus as Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. That is, Jesus who transcends time can bring with him the saving events by which he has redeemed the world and each and every one of us. This is God's rush towards us. It's the running of the, of, the son, of the father towards the prodigal son. It is Jesus calling down Zacchaeus from the tree. It is Jesus saying from the cross, I thirst. It is Jesus who calls Mary Magdalene's name from the garden, Mary, and she knows it's him. These moments of the past are represented for us in a way that we can take it in. St. John Vianney, patron saint of priests, he says, if we really saw what was going on upon the altar, we would die. It is so intense. And so God has given us the ability under sacramental signs to be able to see something that is visible and partake of it in such a way as to participate in the spiritual, unseen, invisible reality that is imparting grace. That was a lot of theology. <laughs> now, that means we have to have faith, doesn't it? Because you're looking up here and you're just seeing Father Brian again. Movement, gesturing, bread, and wine. We do it every weekend. It's maybe repetitive. So all the more, we have to have faith. How many of you remember your first communion? Raise your hand. Sophia, you should raise your hand. <laughs> Great. I was thinking about mine the other day, and I, I went back and I found pictures of my first communion. I was the most handsome little boy in the church. I had a white jacket on, and went up and received communion. I also remember the preparation and the anticipation. I can remember having to have an appointment with the pastor and Senior Walsh. And I had to recite for him the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Act of Contrition. And I was so nervous I messed up the Act of Contrition. I can remember going to communion and wondering, what was this gonna taste like? And someone, one of my friends had told me, I think it's gonna taste like a potato chip. <laughs> and I can remember in that holy moment of walking away from communion thinking, this does not taste like a potato chip. <laughs> Isn't it true that we have to grow our understanding and appreciation of what the Eucharist is throughout the entirety of our life? I would eventually in high school have a real powerful conversion moment begin to understand the significance of Jesus being present in the Eucharist. How powerful that time of prayer is, is the most powerful time because Jesus gives himself to be in communion with us in a, in a physical way and a spiritual way all at the same time. I, I began to understand when I came here to, to A&M, I remember coming here and having Eucharistic adoration. Father Dean, right here, and myself next to him as a little altar server, and seeing the Blessed Sacrament placed upon the altar with the same monstrance that we use in this church even today. 
We have to grow in our understanding. And we have to stretch in faith. At times it's hard to look up here and to believe this is him. And that this is, St. John Paul II would say, a sacramental representation of the Paschal mystery. His passion, death, and resurrection happening right in front of us for us to be able to take in, not by casual observation, but by a faith-filled receptivity of the soul that sees what eyes cannot see and tastes the goodness of the Lord. Now, why does Jesus do this? Why does he give us this way? Well, as St. John Vianney say, we probably couldn't bear it if he just appeared here and brought all of that to us in a moment. He gives us the opportunity for faith. But also it's because Jesus wants us to say amen to it and that we might have a dynamic occur that, you know, when you say to your children, be careful with sweets, right? You'll become what you eat. This is actually what God wants with the Eucharist, that we might become the living body, the eyes, the voice, the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus that goes out into the world in order that we might be one. And Jesus prays, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. This is why St. Paul speaks in the second reading today about how we are one because we partake of the one loaf and the one cup. That is, when we come forward and we say amen, we are saying amen to doing this ourselves. Jesus is saying in the Eucharist, this is my body. Do this in memory of me. I'm pouring myself out for you. Do this in memory of me. And our amen means not only do I believe that it's him, it means that I believe that this should be me. That the meaning, purpose of my existence is to love as he has loved me. It means I have to have the voice, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. It means I have to have the hands that heal. I have to have the compassion that reaches out to the prostitute or the leper of our day. I have to be able to love like Jesus loves, so that by dying to myself, he might increase in me. This is what Jesus calls to. And I invite you as you participate in this Mass today, as we come to you to give you communion today, that you might receive the Lord with a deeper faith, a little bit more intensity, a little bit more love, to receive what is infinite in the palm of your hand and receive him that you might receive the one who desires to change the world.
Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.